that pass to Plum. Here come the Aces on the run. The Energizer looks for Ty Young. Sprints to the hoop. Off the glass and good. good, good, good. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Oh, mercy. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Show. For the fourth quarter of game number four, it's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Hammy's gonna let one fly. Jason three, Jason three. The Energizer with a three from half court. Oh my goodness! Are you kidding me? TC Martin. There are six seconds to go, and the Energizer hit a wild, crazy, improbable three. To give the aces the lead. The doctor is now in. in, in, in. Oh, it's a Thursday. Glad to have you with us here. A little bit of everything today. From hoop to baseball to golf. Oh, yeah. Of course. Glad to have you with us here on this thunderous Thursday edition. Yes, the Las Vegas Aces win early this morning. That's right. Breakfast with the Aces this morning at 8 a.m. And, of course, that game in New York doing the WNBA matinee affair. And so many people say, why are they playing at 12 noon when they went back to Dallas or 10 a.m. our time? Why are they playing at 8 a.m.? Well, we've talked about this before. The WNBA does its kids camp day. And every team has a kids camp day game where they have all these kids that they invite. And a lot of them times are free tickets. Others are discounted tickets. And it's a cool little promotion. You get kids that are in summer school or at the day camps. And uh, you pack the arena and you give them a chance to watch some basketball. They get a chance to you know get home early, have a good day, eat their lunch uh, at the arena, and see some quality basketball. Have we had ours yet? Not yet. We haven't had ours this year. When is ours? Ours is coming up uh, beginning of August. Okay. Yes. So yeah, we had that. We've had it the last couple of years with that. So pretty cool, you know, idea. But it does throw a lot of people off, especially those that like to wager on the games. What? I missed the game. Now, if you were fancying, you like that fancying? Didn't I say that with Paul Buckpower Stewart the other day? Yes, you did. Yeah, yeah. If you fancy, or if you like to uh, to you know was going to wager on today's game and give up six points. Well, then you're kicking yourself because you missed the game. But if you did bet it, you're very happy as the Aces won in a record-breaking fashion today. The Aces win 108-74. to They break a WNBA record for points in the first half. 71 today. Previous record was 69. Aces scored the first 12 points of the game, led 37-13 at the end of one. They shot 14 for 18 from the floor. In that first quarter, seven for eight beyond the three-point arc. Halftime score, 71-36, led by as many as 33. Record-breaking first half comes two days after their opponent today and the same opponent that they played on Tuesday night, the New York Liberty, set a record for most points in the second half of a game. (laughs) And they scored 73, but too little too late, as we talked about yesterday, that the Aces sweep the New York Liberty, so they erased that embarrassing performance that they had here against the Liberty going back last week. So they faced the team three times in eight days. Becky Hammond doesn't like it. Players don't like it. I don't, really don't think fans like it either, but that's the WNBA, and they do that for travel considerations. But, yeah, uh, Tuesday, they said to withstand a furious r- rally 
And uh, the Aces went 34 for 35 from the free throw line in that game. Well, New York made 18 of 22. Um, so Aces, 16 three-pointers today. 16 threes. 16 for 33. 48% if you're calculating at home there, Numchuck. 54% from the field. 40 rebounds, 32 assists today, 9 steals. Asia Wilson leads all scores with 25 Kelsey Plum with 21, Chelsea Gray 16, Raquana Williams off the bench with 13, and Becky Hammond played all of her reserves in the fourth quarter. So, two good victories. And I believe I said, before they started this road trip, get out the broom, they're going to sweep. And their toughest game will be coming up Sunday against the Connecticut Sun. That's another payback game for the Aces as well, too. So you can get that one on Sunday. Then the Aces back home here Wednesday against the Atlanta Dream. Yes. May I help you? Okay. Thank you very little. All right. So, like we talked about, we got basketball, we've got golf, we've got all kinds of great stuff to talk about today, including the Open, the British Open. And let's go to our on-the-spot reporter who is nowhere near St. Andrews, but I know he's near a TV somewhere. Our good friend TJ Reeves, the Buck sideline reporter, uh, college football, college basketball, play-by-play guru. He does it all. And also hanging out at, at, at pools and golf courses in uh, Central Florida as well. What is up, my friend? Listen, it is always good to be on with the doctor in the desert. And uh, whatever avenue you want to travel, that would be great. But can we back up a half step? Did you say aces 34 of 35 from the foul line? Yes. That is like T.C. Martin back in the day. Automatic, brother. Automatic, man. The rotation, the spin, there it is. Absolutely. The follow-through. Cotton, baby. Twine time, as I like to say. Did you ever do the Rick Berry underhanded chuck it and try that at any point with the foul shooting? I did. I, I did, but never I in a game. Around like, I messed around like a little bit with it like in middle school, and I'm like, everybody's looking at me. I can't do this. Did you Did you mess with it, the, the, the underhanded? I, I, I did mess with it. I never uh, attempted it in a game, but I did, uh, you know, messing around. And you know where else where I threw it in? And, and still to this day, even though I haven't been in a competitive horse game in probably four years since I beat Sam the Man Gordon over at uh, the Mandalay Bay <laughs> prior to it uh, after an Aces practice. But yes. How much, how much money did you take off of Sam? Well, how much money did you let's take off? Come on. Come on. Let's, just, let's just say the blue ribbon d- meal was paid for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We reached we reached three figures maybe on Sam. Of course we did. Horse, of Sam course he had more game than yeah. you. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, I had to hear this. What I, did you use on him? Did you use like a behind the oh, back off oh, the glass and in? Did you use something like now, that? Now how on did him? you know that? Seriously, have we talked about this before? How did you know that? That we is my not. patented we did not move. Rehearse this. this no TJ. That is my patented move. And those that have played against me or have watched me know that in the past. My patented closeout move. Okay. The closer comes in the in the bottom of the ninth. My closeout move. <laughs> When I got you down, H O R S Rivera, yes. if you will, your Mariano Rivera move. Yes, is okay. So we'll, we'll start it uh, between the top, uh, the the three point line in, in half court. So basically, right about outside of the three point arc. Right, I'll go down and I'll give you two dribbles. When I get to the free throw line, it's behind the back, off the glass, one hand and in. Game. Set. So you're talking Match. if I can visit over. Oh, it's all over. You're talking about like a behind the back pass yes. type pass off that the you're glass. shooting up towards the wind, yes. up towards the rim, and it has to hit the glass. Has to hit the it glass. Go straight in. And then you come and then I go ahead and 
with one hand, and I call one hand. So here's my move, TJ. So you got H-O-R-S, and I got nothing. Maybe you got one letter. I'll give you H. I said, okay, TJ, time to wrap things up here. Here we go. Off the glass. I go behind the back, off the glass, one hand, put back. There it is. Oh, you are a, you're, a ma- you're a master of all of this. You're a legend in your own mind. I, I just remember I would use that shot like over on the side of the key, probably about five feet away, uh, you know, behind the back, yeah. off the glass, and in. And most people can't do that. Right. So, But the, do- the doctor went next level, and you're talking about a pass. up at the foul line. Yes. You're yeah. talking about 15 feet away. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Throw it off the glass, behind the back. Now, sometimes I'll come with the... You know, underhand, off the glass, one hand. Or another one of my moves, TJ, is the same type of thing, but then catch it in midair and go 360 with the putback. Okay, so the only other one that I'm going to add here is not me, but it's Thomas Reeves Sr., who you know about, (laughs) father of. Yes. Thomas Reeves Sr.'s patented Father Reeves, as he's known in Central Florida. Father Reeves, grandfather of the Twins. He his patented shot. We had a smaller gymnasium in in Memphis, Tennessee, where the sideline did not have a lot of width to the uh, to the to the uh, wall. So you had a walkway, but it was not big. It was not like it was twenty or thirty feet. It was probably about maybe five. It probably like eight feet of walkway. He would stand by the wall baseline. 30, 35 feet away and flip the ball as you visualize over his head with backspin off the wall towards the rim, and he could make that like three out of five times. Oh, wow. So he would just go to it and go to it until he made one. And you almost, when I was little, you almost had to make him uh, promise that he could not do that more than once in the yes. horse game. Yes. He could make yes. it so often right. that it's like, no, you can't go back to that. Yeah. Again, as, as you visualize this, he's taking the ball, two hands over his head, spinning it backwards off the wall, towards the rim, <laughs> and straight in, and could make it repeatedly. That is awesome. And he... He, he, he buried people with yeah. that shot. Forget about above the rim. Just get creative yeah, right, right. with the horse moves. Oh, no. I mean, I could give you move after move. I mean, I that, was, that was my guy. I got more moves than a belly dancer on X-Lax. So, I mean, the, but the other thing is you're telling me they played at a what time? At 8 a.m. Pacific, yes. 11 a.m. this morning because they had a kids' basketball camp afterwards with the players no 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 it's, it's Is that called what you were meaning no. i didn't understand what you meant it's, ba- it's basically it's, it's it's called kids camp day or kids day you know where they invite every nba WNBA team you know will invite like say 500 to a thousand kids from various you know how they have summer right. camps and that sort of thing yeah or they do deals with schools and that sort of thing right. and it's the opportunity to get the kids to see a game during the day summer camp boom so yeah that's that's well, what the it bigger is. thing is the Parents right now in mid-July are just beyond help. Please, God, give give them something to do. We've got to get them out of the house. Let's go. Oh, we can go be at the WNBA game with somebody yes. else supervising my children for four or five hours. Yes. Where do I sign up? How much do I pay? Two hundred and fifty dollars. Sure. Here, yeah. take it. That's better than how many? Than, how many right. Can I get some other children in there? Yeah, it's better than going uh, to the better going to the community pool there in uh, Hillsborough <laughs> County or whatever. Oh, watch out! Why is that a baby Ruth in the pool? No, yes. Doogie. Uh, 
But anyway, I thought you were going to say that this was like some kind of camp at skills competition with the WNBA no. players, in which case I was going to say, in other words, they would teach them how to school nunchuck on a regular basis <laughs> on the schools, the dribbling, the passing, the shooting. But that was not the case, so I misunderstood. Yeah, my apologies. There you go, my friend. All right, so yes, uh, we, we had that going on today. And, uh, of course, we've got the Open, or as I like to say, the British yes. Open, which I know you've been following. Open, uh, and and yes. let's update everyone on what what happened today because obviously it's still not going on because it's night-night time with Paul Buck Power Stewart there. And if you want to break down the British Open in your best Paul Buck Power Stewart uh, voice, <laughs> TJ Reeves, you can. Well, let me tell you this. First of all, uh, I introduced you to him a couple of years ago during the NFL I'll season. I'll never forgive and you he, for that. Yes. He is a humongous NFL and Buccaneers guy, but he's a bigger golf guy. <laughs> To wit, I am asleep in the Eastern time zone. Now, you may have just been rolling in after a night at Blue Ribbon or whatever in the Pacific time zone, but I am asleep. And Butt Power is over in the U.K. sending me messages at like 4 a.m. Eastern time because it's already 9 a.m. in Scotland and they're already hitting shots. I, I had to set him straight a little later in the morning Eastern time. Bro, I'm not up at 3 a.m. watching the golf. I will be up later in the morning. You can back off on how Ian Poulter just hit it out of bounds on the first hole. I'm not watching at 3 a.m., but he is he is over the top with this. And he's actually a really good golfer, by the way. Uh, I'm not going to confirm or deny that he's taking money off of the guy talking to you, but perhaps that has happened uh, on the golf course to at least buy him dinner, et cetera. He's played St. Andrews, which I'm sure he told you, yep. and has broken 80 at St. Andrews. 77. Uh, and, is, and, is a, yes. and is an excellent golfer. So yes. I'm just relaying to you that thankfully you did not get those messages in the middle of the night that I was getting about the open oh. from Paul. Whoa, 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 whoa. Say no more, Squire, because, yes, I did, as I look at my phone at 6.27 a.m. Pacific time, I got what, 6.27, where he's showing me a picture of some ham and egger in the fairway. Uh, that's right. it. Yeah, I guess it's Shane well, Lowry. Because my point is that's six twenty-seven. That's yeah. not three twenty-seven, right. four twenty-seven. Because I was right. getting messages Eastern time at that time because he was just a little excited. Because oh no, 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 no! You're right. You're right. My bad. My bad. My response to him of LOL was at six twenty-seven my time. You're right. Three fifteen a.m. I got 3.15 a.m. I tipped Shane Lowry as he is plus three after four holes and last. The curse strikes again because when he was on the show, he was saying, oh, Shane Lowry. Shane Lowry. There it is. And, of course, he's listening right now. He's listening right now. I mean, we we do know this. The wind was not blowing. That That course right now is so baked and so firm because they haven't had rain that the ball is rolling unbelievably for distance on drives, on iron shots. If you don't want to play the driver off the tee, et cetera. And so there were low scores everywhere, especially this morning without the wind blowing. So let's see if it turns into the British Open here in the next couple of days with the wind, some rain, some cooler temperatures. I don't know what the case is going to be on that, but we'll, we'll find out together uh, what it might be. And very, very interesting. You've got an unknown American up near the top. You've got Rory McElroy, who right now, is fantastic if they were only playing 36-hole events. Because every Thursday and Friday, everybody's talking about Rory's back. It's another major. Look how dominant. Oh, wait a minute. He's got to play Saturday. Oh, now he's 10th. Now he's 15th. So we'll hear more of that tomorrow. You know, this is his time. He's going to win another Open Championship. Look how great he looks. And then by Saturday, he's going to shoot like 75 and be, and be out of the loop uh, again. But in any event, 
Uh, Tiger out there. You've got, you've got big names all over the, the board, and some of these live golfers. I, I know we got to bring this back to professional wrestling at some point, but this is the live golf tour is like the NWO of Hulk Hogan, and some of those live golf guys are up on the leaderboard, like Dustin Johnson, like Ian Poulter, and some others. And you know, you know that Greg Norman, who was disinvited, Disinvited from being at this British Open. Not not unlike when Numchuck wants to come to the galas that T.C. Martin is having, that when you disinvite Numchuck, no, you can't be here. The RNA told Greg Norman, even though you're a past champion, you can't come to the champion's dinner on Tuesday night. You know Greg Norman wants one of his guys to win this and be given the claret jug on Sunday night in Scotland and then come play on their tour. They're rooting for that on the Live Golf Tour. Uh, kind of like the NWO with Hogan and Nash and the late Scott Hall uh, wanting to claim the tag team titles of the world or something. Uh, TJ Reeves is in the, in the ripping mood today, ripping Numchuck yeah. on several occasions. Uh, <laughs> and, and our good friend Paul Buck Power Stewart, who can hear everything. Buck Power, what's going on? As we bring hey, him in. TJ, all I've got to say is that Tiger shot 78 and I shot 77. <laughs> Wait, this is... This is Paul Stewart. Now we're working on just after 10 p.m. Uh, can you please, you will confirm for the galactically famous T.C. Martin audience, you were sending him messages and me messages at an hour far too early for the North American continent. You can confirm that, Scoop. Yeah, I can confirm that. As I say, T.C. was just coming in from one of his regular um, <laughs> eating sessions at a, at a club somewhere in Vegas. So, yeah, I had to let you guys do a little dance, make a little love, get uh, down tonight. Woo! But get now, back tonight. to Scoop, because Scoop has got a photo on his, on his wall. He was showing me the picture of you hitting a tee shot on that 17th hole, the famous road hole. And, uh, and you did better than Ernie Els today, because Ernie Els was actually cooking along, and Ernie Els is, what, 52, 53 years old, a man that, that we can all identify right now with in our 50s. Uh, and then he threw his roundaway scoop at the road hole, but you did well on that hole at St. Andrews. You did better than Ernie Els, the major champion today. So something I can tell you about the whole Greg Norman situation is Greg Norman has been invited to come back to the Open each of the last 12 years, and he's declined the invitation every single time. And apparently he's been quite rude to the RNA in some of those you know, invitations. And suddenly this year, because he's running, playing, being organised with the Live Tour, he wants to come back. And the RNA quite rightly said to him, no, you couldn't be bothered to come before. Why should we let you come back now? just because you want to publicise your event. Stay away. And it's the right thing. He can just... No one cares about Greg Norman anymore. Paul, you are over there. Do we have any confirmation that Greg Norman on the outside of the St. Andrews Clubhouse has spray-painted the letters NWO like Hulk Hogan and the wrestlers did back in the 90s? Do we have confirmation on that? The last thing that was spray-painted on the side of the RNA was listen to the T.C. Martin show. It's the best sports show in America. There you go, mate. There you go. Well, you, you, T.J. is, uh, you know, you're sitting there. T.J.'s talking about, you know, you and your 77 and, and, and being better than some of these golfers that uh, hit St. Andrews today. Uh, is it true, Paul Buck Power Stewart, that you also beat one T.J. Reeves on that glorious course of Heritage Harbor. There, That's uh, confirmed. That is confirmed. I confirm that to you. Now, I, can, I openly confirm that. Now, yeah. now, and I believe the word was he kicked your ass. Is this true? 
I don't, no, I don't know that we would go that far, Scoop. But it was it was probably something like in match play, like a five and three. At least lasted. I want to hear. I want to hear it from the master, Mister Seventy Seven at St Andrews, Paul Buck Power Stewart. Go. Uh, the towel was thrown in way before then, TC. I mean, it was, Wait, it was did he pull a Oliver McCall? Light, light. He pulled a Oliver light. McCall against light. Lennox Lewis at the Hilton in Las Vegas. <laughs> no, all right, well, let's back up, let's back up a step. For, for, for all of the gloating that Buck Power deservedly uh, gets to do because of how he plays golf, my man came over here uh, to to have a nice vacay, a holiday. It was a holiday. Mr. Bean's holiday. And te- confess, you fell asleep on the beach and got sunburned like a like a lobster. And we're going over to play golf, and my man can barely move because your skin temperature was about three hundred and seventy nine <laughs> degrees. Confirm that on the galactically famous TC Martin show that you were walking around like a cripple for a lot of that of that round that day because of how sunburned you were. I'm taking the Fifth Amendment on that one. <laughs> You're British. No, no, exactly. You. I was going to say that. And and let's remember this. I remember the last time that we tried to have both of you guys on the same time at some parking lot there, I think, at Raymond James Stadium. That that, that Brit was too tanked, and he's walking around like a cripple because he had too, too much to drink. Is that right? I'm low key. No, that's definitely bro. not true. <laughs> He will not confirm that. He's the only Brit that takes the fifth. The rest of them won't. But, TJ, you can't confirm. Our listeners remember that. Isn't that true? Yes. Yeah. He was tanked. Well, golf course. It's him again taking the Fifth Amendment, and he's British. They want nothing to do with the Constitution. So, wait a minute. Let me get this straight. So, every trip that that Paul Buckpower Stewart comes to the United States, specifically the great state of Florida, he's either inebriated or, or, or sunburned. Is this sunburned. true? <laughs> okay. I cannot confirm that it's every trip. I cannot confirm that it's every trip. I will confirm he will... Just he the will two that I know about. ...on the golf course, yeah. though. Look out for scoop oh, on the yeah. golf course. No doubt. You can get it done. No doubt. All right. All right, guys. Uh, so, Buck Power, what, what, do you, what is your take? Uh, you called Tiger Woods. You said he was going to tank on the first day. Eight, uh, six over par today, shot a 78. How is that? So I must admit, the course was playing pretty difficult today. It's playing incredibly fast. Um, so, I mean, whereas, you know, anyone listening to this who plays golf in, in Nevada is used to flying balls, stopping them on the greens, that isn't happening at St. Andrews because it's so, you know, the balls are running such a long way. They were tucking some of the flags away on, on ledges and over ridges, making it as hard to score as possible. And a couple of the early players did play pretty well. Tiger is no longer a competitive professional golfer at that level, unfortunately, because of the injuries he's had. And he got found out today. And that's why I still think tomorrow, he's, in, he's, in, he's got a fairly early tea time tomorrow, he will be waving goodbye on the Swilkin Burn Bridge, just like Tom Watson and Jack Nicholas did, because he wants that iconic <laughs> image. In terms of the other players, the one big story that's been coming out this evening is how slow the play was. Tiger's round took nearly six hours. Because the problem is, because of all the double greens and double fairways, players will have, you know, play was pretty slow. So there are some people who didn't finish their round will have to carry on tomorrow because you don't do a 2 T start at St Andrews. But it was a tremendous, the course looked fantastic. You know, it, it's a great, it's the home of golf. And I do think, you know, you'll start to see 
Scores around about 10 under, I think, will lead after the second round. I still think Jordan Spieth will be there. I hope Shane Lowry can come back and at least avoid the curse of Paul Stewart for one more major tournament. <laughs> I have the list. TC Martin, I have the breaking news list. Do uh, you want the list? Of course. We do have breaking news. Tiger Woods with the 70... Uh, what was it today? 78. 78. Six over par. Six over. 78. Yeah. Yeah. Here are the golfers that he beat. Mark Kalkovecchia, former British Open champion, who finished last today. David Duvall, former champion, who finished at plus 10. Some guy named Wrigley. That's not Wrigley Field. Wrigley in England, also plus 10. Another guy named Straka, plus 9. And a Japanese golfer named Imahara, plus 8. Darren Clark, plus 7. And there's the list of golfers that Tiger Woods shot a better score than. That's it. Seven of them. That's it. Seven of them. That's it. Tied for 149th is Tiger. A rough day today. And it's going to be for some rough TV ratings on Saturday and Sunday here in the U.S. of A, friends. I can tell you that right now because people want to see Tiger Woods. And and again, and we talked about it yesterday uh, at the betting window. He got all the money again, 65 to 1 here. And in many shops overseas, guys, 125 to 1, but tons of tickets on him at 65 to 1 to win it all. Again, thank you, you for can, the donation. And you can tear them up tonight because, yeah. I mean, uh, it, let's, let's be generous here. He maybe breaks par tomorrow, but probably not making the weekend. He's not getting to 10 under like Scoop's talking about. Mm. He's not getting to 10 under after plus six. Mm. On the day today, so tough day for Tiger out there, and we'll see if the uh, if the good scores continue. Paul Stewart, uh, what, I want to ask Paul Stewart, what was the course more brown or green? Uh, it's definitely more brown. Um, I mean, I say the fairways are can't stand so it. Far. I can't watch it. It's worse than what is it with you guys in your grass? I ripped you guys for the Wimbledon. It looks beautiful the first <laughs> day, and then days two through nineteen, it's I'm playing on dirt. I get it off my television. Round one, we're playing on brown grass again. It's St Andrews, the hollowed St Andrews. They're one of the most beautiful. What is beautiful about this course? Besides it being no, 300 years old. TC, you don't water the fairways. That's part of Lynx Golf. Oh, no. You know, you water the greens and the approaches, but then you rely on the natural contours of the land. <laughs> so, you know, the, the, the par 5 14s, which was playing over 600 yards, players were hitting the ball nearly 400 yards because they were running it 150 yeah. yards after it landed, you know, and, and hitting irons into, into that par 5. It's just the nature of the game. That is how Lynx Golf is played, TC. It's different to anything you guys have in America. I... Now, I have played Whistling Straits a, a couple occasions and then and covered it when we had the PGA Championship there in Wisconsin. That's a Lynx uh, golf, but nothing like what you're talking about, of course. Yeah. TJ, is that the kind of golf that we want to play and watch? I mean, uh, Well, I mean, it's definitely different, and, and of course it hasn't rained there, I, I think, since 2018 at St. Andrews. <laughs> That's another reason why it's that brown. But, it, I, I mean, I, like, I enjoy watching this because they have – Bunkers that are the size of moon craters that these guys get in, and you can't even see the top of their head down in the bunker. I mean, there was that one point where Victor Hovland, the outstanding former U.S. amateur champion, was down in that bunker, and he stood there. Paul, you probably saw this. He stood there for five minutes with a ball up against the yep. face of the bunker going, I have no shot. I have no stance. I am, I am down in a crevice that I'm going to need three people to get me out of here for where, they, for where they hit their golf ball. So I like seeing some of this. And why do I get the feeling the wind and the rain will be part of this at some point tomorrow or this weekend, and then we'll see what happens. 
All right. The, the bunker that Hovland went in on the 12th is called Sutherland's Bunker, and it's actually named after an old Scottish gentleman who fell into it by mistake. Um, this is going back like 150 years, and that's why it's called Sutherland's Bunker. But, I mean, I've been in one or two of those bunkers. I've got up and down from the road hole bunker, which, as long as I live, will be the greatest sand save I'll ever make. I'm not joking. You go in there with a lob wedge, open the face, take a full swing, and hope it comes out. It is like no bunker most of you guys have ever played in. Wow. Yes. He's not exaggerating that yep. some of those bunkers at St. Andrews and, and on those Lynx courses where they play the Open, you have to have a search and rescue team to get back out of them. <laughs> so take it take it at your own risk. If that's the case, it'll be fun to watch some of this. All right. and we... It's easier to get a drink out of Numchuck than get out of one of those bunkers in Scotland. <laughs> Numchuck, he's got the, the, the bulletproof vest that he's wearing today. Unbelievable. Shots fired repeatedly from... Uh, you know, see the shining sea there. Unbelievable. The and, one uh, thing you have to understand, Numchuck, is I ultimately have your back if Britain attacks. Yeah. If, if if England attacks there with Scoop, I will back Numchuck, uh, especially when Paul Stewart is on these airwaves invoking the Fifth Amendment as a Brit. Or, as we like to say, the right of silence. Is that right, Paul <laughs> Buckfarser? That's what it's called in, in your neck of the woods, right? You, in you your know, bunker. You've been trying to educate me in being an American TC, so I'm just, you know, I'm just fitting in with your way of life. Oh, too funny. Too funny. All right, guys. Uh, great stuff. Uh, appreciate you both uh, for joining us here today for a little, uh, a little banter, a little golf talk. Uh, and uh, our man live there at uh, St. Andrews in England, Paul Buck Power Stewart, now approaching uh, uh, 11 o'clock uh, p.m. So bright and early. Uh, maybe you and Tiger Woods will, will, will be up at about the same time. And I'll, and I'll probably beat him again, TC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. By, by the way, he is playing, I believe, at just before 5 a.m. Eastern time, 2 a.m. Pacific time tomorrow. Wow. It is a morning round for him tomorrow. Yep. And again, I love I love my man Scoop. I love Buck Power. But you don't have to text me when he's screwing up tomorrow yeah. at at five a.m. and six a.m. Eastern Time, three a.m. TC Time. We'll find it out when we wake up a little later uh, in <laughs> the morning. That sounds good to me, guys. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, I like to at least sleep till at least let me sleep till five thirty in the morning. Yeah. Buck Power. Good okay. Place. Now, Scoop, I know you got to go, TC. Scoop, I, I, I know TC was going to ask me about this. I've not asked you about this. Do you believe Rob Gronkowski is retired for good and not playing no matter what? Or are you like me that you'll believe he's retired when he's not playing in September or October if Tom Brady picks up the bat phone and says, I need you, get back here? What's your take, Scoop, real quick? I will believe he's retired when we get to week 17 and he hasn't appeared in a game. <laughs> Like there he said, he goes, hey, I like playing the games. It's just all this training camp and practice That's stuff. That's exactly right. You know, That's I, exactly right. You get to live the Gronk life right now, not going to two-a-days, not going to preseason games. Hmm. I don't believe it either. I think, I, I, again, people keep asking me. I had the mailman. The mailman asked me earlier today, hey, is, Gronk, is Gronk really retired? Is he coming back? Oh. I said the same thing to him. I will believe it. When he's not playing in September or October, even October, he could still get the bat phone call. Yeah, I mean, he seems pretty adamant that enough's enough. I mean, again, he does, doesn't like the work ethic. You know, even the little bit of work ethic that you got to put out during the months of September, you know, through through January or potentially February uh, with the Buccaneers. So I say he's done. You know, if we're if we're having a friendly wager, I, I think he's done. You know, he's he's got he's got party all the time uh, on his mind right now. The old Eddie, Eddie Murphy, Murphy song. There you go. Are you going to sing that? Are you going to sing that going out to the break? Are you going to sing My Girl Wants to Party all the time? Uh, not one of my favorites. Uh, but remember, <laughs> produced by Rick James and the Stone City yeah. Band. Don't you forget about that, brother. Now.
I'll go Rick James at the all day. Absolutely, of course. Yes, and the movie Life. Buck Power, get to bed, my friend. Uh, Thank you for uh, popping in and joining us as uh, you were listening from afar, hearing us, uh, or not us, hearing TJ Reese just berate you. Uh, Very nice of you to, to chime in today. Happy to join in, guys. Cheerio from England. Pip, pip, cheerio, and uh, enjoy your Open. That's it. All right. TJ, it is the British Open. I don't care what anybody says. You and I will always refer to it as the British Open. There you go. Well, we do do refer to it as that, and I I get along great with, uh, with Scoop, even though he won't give me shots on the handicap on the golf course and beats my brains in. All in good fun, though. We'll see what happens with the golf. You guys behave yourselves out in the desert. It'll be football season before we know it. Uh, so we're anxious for all of this to unfold, for sure. There you go, brother. All right, we'll talk at you later. There it is, T.J. Reeves. This is it. Go ahead, pump it up. Take us to the break. To the break, brother. Yes, here we go, and the hits keep on coming. It's nonstop here on the T.C. Martin Show. It's Rick James. It's the Stone City Band. It's the one-hit wonder. The man that was basically lip-syncing because he can't sing a darn lick. It is Eddie Murphy. There it is. Mortimer, where you at? Yes. Oh, Billy Ray Valentine. Sing it, brother. And with plenty of reverb to disguise that you can't sing a lick. Back at the NBA Summer League tomorrow at the Thomas and Mack Center. Looking forward to that. OP will be joining us. Olden Polonese going to be in the house. Looking forward to that. Uh, and of course, oh yeah, you never know who you might see at the NBA Summer League. Just like we did last week. But uh, yes, last Friday there. We'll be there again tomorrow. So And things are wrapping up there. Remember, the 17th is the championship game at the... NBA Summer League, so always a great place to be. And again, last night, uh, Chet Holmgren was in action against the Sacramento Kings last night where you saw, you know, we talked about seeing Holmgren against uh, Paulo Banchero, the one and two picks, but those guys never got a chance to face off against each other because Banchero sat and the Orlando Magic said, you know, we've seen enough, so we're okay with that. Um but uh, Holmgren last night played against um, Keegan Murray from the University of Iowa. And the Sacramento Kings got the better of the Oklahoma City Thunder as Chet Holmgren only had eight points last night in that game. And Keegan Murray had 24. So, yeah, he's actually had a very good summer league. Now, what does that mean? I mean, we have seen... Stars start to be born here at the Summer League in years past. Now, a lot of your top picks, they'll play less and less as the years progress here because they don't want to you know, risk injury. And uh, have we seen maybe the last of Paulo Banchero 
possibly. And uh, Chet Holmgren has been playing quite a bit, but only got eight points last night. Had a pretty good game on Monday night. He looked pretty good in that game against Orlando. Got a lot of minutes, you know, double figures. He scored. But it'll be interesting to see with these top picks, when you're, you know, top four, top five pick, or any of your first-round picks, really, how much playing time you're going to give them because you want to protect them. And, and I get it. With, with the Bancaro situation, this is a guy that you've seen him play before. You know what he has. So no need to risk injury. But like I mentioned on Monday, I ran into this couple from Italy, and they were here specifically to see Bancaro play. And I know they had to be distraught you know, not uh, being able to see him play. But, again, and that's what people don't understand. It's like you could say, well, you know, like I heard Mark Cuban say the other day, he said, for fans that are going to be upset, he goes, you got to be Magic fans first and then Ben Carroll fans second. And that's not really how it goes. <laughs> Just because, say if you're a Ben Carroll fan, you're a Duke fan, yeah, you're going to follow him to that city, but does that mean that you're going to be an Orlando Magic fan? No, not necessarily. So it's hard. And the way things are right now, the way everything is marketed, specifically with the NBA, it is an individual league. People are more attracted to the players themselves than they are the teams. And that's been proven through fantasy sports and and everything else of that nature, you know, with with the marketing that it, that goes on. So we always say if you're going to go to the NBA Summer League and you want to see the superstars or not the superstars but the the top picks then go early in the summer league. Go in the first three or four days because they will probably rest uh, those high-priced you know, rookies. But most people really go to the summer league just to be part of the festivities, be part of the ambience, which I can fully appreciate and understand. And most people do not know who they're watching. They are there to check out and, and you know, the NBA atmosphere, the NBA game at reasonable prices and to see, you know, a lot of the dunks, a lot of the highlights, and a lot of the three-point shots. That's why they're going. And as I like to say, this is really a, it's the NBA convention. I mean, that's really what it is. It's the NBA convention where you get the current players, past players, former players, you get head coaches, the executives, there's tons of meetings that are going on where these guys uh, have to be at uh, from a marketing side, from a personnel side. I mean, this is the getaway for most of these teams and their fans will come and follow. And again, you walk around the concourse, you'll see just as many people walking around the concourse during the course of a game than um, you will you know, that, that, that are in the stands. I mean, you, you see that. So that's it's a very good it's a very good place to be a very good atmosphere uh, to be part of and again when we get a chance um, to to be out there and broadcast uh, we appreciate it. all right so yeah Olden Polonies will be out there with me tomorrow as will uh, Sam Gordon who covers uh, all basketball uh, from the NBA of course UNLV and everything else that we always uh, talk about with Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review Journal he'll be joining me tomorrow as well too and uh, you never know who else it was great to have Bobby Weiss on with me last week Bobby Weiss just rolling around hey come on and uh, told some great stories to have him and Bill Cartwright on uh, you know 
past Bulls, uh, you know, and one of the legendary coaches in the NBA, and Bobby Weiss, great to to talk to him about some of the great stuff that, that he's gone through in his career and still coaching in the NBA. Just as of two years ago, he's an assistant coach with the Denver Nuggets, but 40 years of coaching in the NBA. So good stuff. All right. Uh, like I said, got a chance to see Michael Cage the other day. It was great uh, talking with him. Um, Michael was talking about coming on here today. Uh, he got pulled away because he's with the Oklahoma City Thunder. He's the, the TV analyst. Uh, been with the Thunder now going on five years as well, too. But uh, Michael Cage, you know, one of my favorite guys, got a chance to see him play a lot uh, when he played with the, the Clippers and, of course, way back in the day at San Diego State. So uh, good catching up with him the other day as well, too. So, and again, we'll try, try to get Michael on uh, here on the show when we can in between everything that's going on with all these guys' duties. But uh, one guy who's taking some time off who's been covering the summer league just like we have, none other than our favorite sports director in town, of course, that is Brian Salmon. B-Sal, News 3, what's up? What's going on, TC? Man, I'm, I'm filling in for Michael Cage, man. I, I feel special. That <laughs> well, you know what? You may have a better outside game than the cager. You know that? You know but, what? But he's I got you on the boards. He's got you. He's, <laughs> he's got you on the boards, though, man. I can tell you that. Them big shoulders that that guy has. Good lord, yeah. Now Michael Cage is a man. You mentioned uh, Clippers and then San Diego, but um, the, man, I know him from the Sonics, baby. Well, that's what I was saying. The Clippers and the Sonics, really, and me too. And those were those teams where you had, you know, Gary Payton and you had Sean Kemp, and then he also played with Dale Ellis and Xavier McDaniel, so he actually oh. got a chance to, you know, because that was kind of the, the turn with the Sonics where they went from one regime to the other, and then they brought George Carlin, George Carlin around 92, and that's, you know, when you got Kemp and Payton and those guys. But, yeah, you're right, tremendous teams, man. Yeah, now that's when I was up, when I moved up to Seattle to uh, finish high school and college up there. Those Sonic teams, man, were some of my favorite teams. Gary Payton, one of my favorite players of all time. And that, that team that went to the finals against the Bulls, man, they were one of the best teams in the West, obviously, to make it there. Um, but, yeah, Michael Cage, man, he led the league in rebounding a few years, too, I believe. Like, yeah, he was a man. He did, like an 88. And it's funny, a funny story about that is that he was battling Charles Oakley at the that entire season. Who's going to be the rebounding champ? And it came down to the final game. A true story wow. here. And it came down to the final game, and Michael Cage needed to get 28 rebounds in this game for him to, <laughs> to get the rebounding title. And that was a big deal. It was a contract bonus for him and everything. Guess how many he had, B-Sal? He got 30. He got 30 wow. in, the fi- in the final regular wow. season game. He got 30, and he got the rebounding title that year. So, and, and uh, kind of in your face to Charles Oakley because those guys always kind of had a thing going at each other. <laughs> no, that's great. And they, they hit him with the Russell Westbrook treatment, giving him all the rebounds and assists. <laughs> right, right, right. That's true. You know that, and you're right. Exactly. You got, hey, last regular season game. Here we go, man. I got to go get this, you know, and that that's pretty that's cool. Funny. But, you know, you speak- Do you remember when David Robinson – I'm sorry. I'm just, no, when go. David Robinson had the scoring title and he scored like 70 points like yes. that in the final game of the season? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And that and that's that. Hey, let's be honest. That's a team thing, right? That is a hundred percent team thing. Where they say we're going to get our guy in the record books, and we're going to be dishing to you all night long. <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's good stuff. I good love stuff. that. You know, speaking final thing on that Sonics team. I think it was Michael's last year with the Sonics. 
That was a team, B-Sal, you might remember this. I know you're a youngster. They were 63-19. and 19. Had the best Uh-oh. record. 63 and 19 had the best record in the NBA that year. And they got ousted. Yeah, you remember? They got ousted in the of first course. round. Of course. That broke my heart, man. The Kimbe Matambo laying on the ground with the ball. Ah, ah, ah. I remember? Yeah, with the finger. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, there's, there's like that classic video of him laying on the floor holding a ball out like he was bench pressing after they won that final game and knocked him out, and he's holding it, kind of shaking it like, ah. He might have been crying. He was so happy that he knocked it out. It was like a uh, eight versus one seed or something like that. That's what it was, the one versus eight. You're exa- yeah, that's it. Yeah, 63 and 19. A lot of people remember the one versus eight, but people don't remember that 63 wins – that wow. that's that's hard to do. I mean, people remember you know the Bulls and the Warriors and the seventy wins, but right below them, yeah, were the Sonics back in the day. Wow, I didn't realize they had sixty three wins. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! There you go, man. Well, thank you for the knowledge. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> so, B Sal, uh, talk to us about some summer league. I know you've been out there. You know, Jesse was on with me on Friday. Had a good time with that. But uh, what have what have you been picking up there? What have you been picking up and laying down from the summer league at Thomas and Mac? First of all, man, I'm sure you're just like me. The summer league is like maybe one of the best events that we have here in Las Vegas. I mean, I, I love the summer league, man. The NBA Mecca is here, and you get to see all your favorite players because they're always here, at least walking around, signing autographs, all that kind of good stuff. But, uh, no, the summer league was great, man. The fact that Jaden Hardy, the, the local kid, the only local kid to get drafted this year, got drafted 37 by the Mavericks. He made his debut with Dallas and scored 28 points. Like, that was pretty sweet. I was there on the first day when um, Paulo Bencaro, uh, and he, uh, in the very first game, what was it, Thursday night, I believe it was, and, and he looked he looked really good. Uh, and Thomas and Mack was dang near filled up, man, so a lot of people out there watching games. So that was cool. Donovan Williams played for UNLV. He's been playing with the Brooklyn Nets. Get a chance to see him. Donovan Williams, or Donovan Williams with the Brooklyn Nets, Bryce Hamilton uh, with the Miami Heat. So now the summer league's been great, man. Like I've, I've enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah, no, summer league is, is great. And B South, I don't know if you're going to be out and about tomorrow, but uh, come on by, say hi. We'll be broadcasting from our perch there tomorrow. So we'd love to have you you cruise by, man. Oh, uh, I, I wish I could. Uh, I have some uh, some Raiders obligations tomorrow that I'm doing, man. Can you believe that training camp is starting in a week? I know. I know. It's so. It's like, it's not right around the corner, man. It's here. I know. I know. What the heck, man? A, a week, really? A week? I know. Well, the Raiders got a little bit early start, but they got the old Hall of Fame game, right? Yeah. 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 I, should sound, I should sound excited, huh? I know, but, <laughs> but, but for us, it's like the grind. And it's funny because... You know, when I was in Green Bay, and you've been through this too, you know, covering teams when you New Orleans, covering the Saints, and Boston, covering the Patriots. But, you know, in Green Bay, I mean, you're, it's, it's, you're right there. And I would feel kind of like the players. It was like, oh, man, here we go, like July 28th. Here we go. Now we've got to be out there every day because, you know, covering the Packers, I mean, you were there every day. And then try to do yeah. you know two shows a day, and then being out there. Not I'm not trying to get anybody to feel sorry for him, but I'm just saying it is kind of a grind for us because uh, we're going out there in the heat and all that stuff, and you know we're 
we're finding content and we're doing interviews and we're doing all that other kind of stuff to bring to the people. But I, I, I kind of feel the way you just – I just had the flashback when you said, oh, man, shouldn't we be excited? Because football fans, they're excited, but they don't go to training camp every day. No, it's, it's not work for them. Like, like That's the biggest thing. I'm sure you had to try to convey this to your friends and people that you know, but – when you work in sports media, it is 1,000% different than being a fan. Right. You know, it, it, it takes, it takes a, a bit of your fandom away, you know, when you get the curtain pulled back and you kind of see everything. And oh, you're, 100%. You know, 100% for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, you know, the fact that training camp is coming, I mean, it's cool that, you know, whatever and all that good stuff, but it's still a long day in here in Vegas in the heat, and it's not like – all the other sports and events that we have in Vegas just stop. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Everything else keeps going. So, yeah, it's, it's about to get real here, TC. It's about <laughs> to get real, and it's an exciting time. I think everyone is expecting an exciting season, an improved season for the Raiders. Uh, yeah. And, again, you know, from coverage standpoint, I know you've got so many angles and aspects from the new coaching staff to the new regime, the front office, uh, Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, all, and everything else. Those are just the new people. And then, of course, you know, what, what's going to happen with Josh Jacobs? What's going to happen with the running game? What's the offense going to look like? I mean, go, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to, you know, covering it all. So, and I know, I know you'll be all over it, brother. I know you will. All right, Beast Out, we appreciate you uh, joining us, my friend, and uh, good luck with your Raiders duties uh, tomorrow. We'll be talking to you a lot from training camp and uh, looking forward to another exciting season out at Legion Stadium, brother. Man, you just made my day, TC. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate you, player. No go. No problem, brother, man. Again, in hoop time, Thomas and Matt get out there to the Cox Pavilion. B-Sal's got all the coverage out there. Him and Jesse Merrick are good friends over at News 3. And that goes until Monday the 17th. So get out there and enjoy. All right, brother. Be cool. We'll check you later. My man, be good. You got it. There he is, Brian Salmon. Steve Sachs joins us when we come back. Talking baseball. Chuck Esposito also out at the Red Rock. Talking betting. Hang tight on a thunderous Thursday edition of the T.C. Martin Show. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. will score and the Oakland A's walk off with game two of the ALTS. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. And Turner in the air center field. That ball's hit well. Martinez on the run. This is way back and it is gone. It is a walk-off home run for Justin Turner. The doctor is now in. Hour number two, talk a little baseball this hour along with the Open. Yes, the British Open. The Open. Talk about that. Chuck Esposito will join us from Red Rock this hour. Yes, NBA Summer League going on like we've been talking about at the Thomas and Mack Center. Get out there. All day passes for adults, $40. Kids, $30. Uh, A lot of fun. 
to go out there and check it all out. Never know who you may see out at the NBA Summer League. British Open opening round underway here today. And yes, I said the British Open. It's called the Open, but we'll always know it as the British Open. So I guess that's like a tug-of-war situation with people across the pond compared to the people over here, right? We, we, don't, we want to call it the British Open because that's what we know it as. And they want to say, nope, it's the Open. The Open Championships, it's more important than anything else. But to each his own, I guess. Cameron Young from the United States is the leader after round one, uh, eight under par. So Cam Young. Very impressive uh, round today at the fabled St. Andrews Golf Course as uh, the par there at 70. So he's eight under. Amazing shot of 62 today. Outstanding stuff. Roy McIlroy is near the leaderboard like he always is (laughs) at just about uh, every tournament. Uh, What is going to happen as we come to Saturday and Sunday and our golf guru and our uh, PGA golf producer for television, Scott Savloff, joined us yesterday. And Scott had said, You know what Rory's going to do? He's going to get out there and he's going to, you know, be on the leaderboard on Thursday and Friday. And then come Saturday, Sunday, he's going to disappear. So he's there right now, two shots off the pace, shot a fine round of six under par today. Uh, Kurt Katayama, minus four under for the United States, is there. Uh, and Dustin Johnson at four under as well, too. So Tiger Woods, you ask, what happened to Tiger? Shot a 78 today, six over par, just a dreadful round. I know a lot of people are anticipating, oh, maybe you know this could be it. Tiger's been working on his game. He did not want to play you know, the last major. Okay, get ready. Sit, sits out the U.S. Open, get ready for the British Open. Yeah, he beat seven golfers today. That was it. Seven golfers. And uh, he'll be teeing off uh, bright and early, uh, about 2 a.m. our time, that he'll be teeing off for the second round tomorrow. But Tiger Woods, six over par, 78. All right. And again, very popular at the betting windows as well, too, as Tiger Woods went off at 65 to 1, but a lot of tickets were were bet on him. But I can basically throw those tickets away. All right. Let's talk a little baseball. And uh, our good friend, the two-time World Series champion, and of course, the five-time All-Star, and when we're thinking of All-Star games, of course, we think of Steve Sachs. What is going on, my friend? T.C. Martin, uh, good to be with you, and uh, it's a glorious day, so I'm good to be with you. I'm kind of on a shortened version today. I'd I'd love to be with you for, you know, an hour and a half, but... um, (laughs) I'm kind of on the uh, I'm kind of on the getting ready for All Star uh, Week uh, scenario here in the uh, Northern California town of Roseville. So yes. I'm kind of on a short short leash today, but no, with okay. that okay. I pre- I appreciate that, my friend. I appreciate that, and sure. and you know a lot of our listeners and stuff know Steve what you've been going through. So I would be remiss if I if I didn't bring it up and again offer. Public condolences, even though I've done that with you privately, but it's the right thing to do. And I don't know how comfortable or uncomfortable you are talking about it with, you know, the the tragic loss of your son. I know you had the funeral last week. So, again, brother, condolences. And um, you're a great man in the way you are. You have handled this and your family. uh, But uh, may your son rest in peace. And, again, no easy way to say this, but I had to say it. Get back to talking some baseball with you, my friend. Hey. 
sorry about that. We got uh, I got dropped like a like a bad habit. I don't know if it was a uh, you know something to do with uh, you know somebody stole a meal ticket from the quake or I don't know what what happened. <laughs> there we go. Okay. okay. How long did it take? Uh, All star game again. Again, quake All star game. We got to give it to you, my friend. There it is. You well, you you, bro- yeah. you you broke the barrier. And I'm sure the quake is <laughs> it, it, it work listening in his cubicle right now. He probably has. Can you picture him, Steve? He probably has his headsets on right now. His headset on right now. Yeah. Just all giddy. Listen to us. I got to mention yeah. again. But guess what, Quake? If yeah. you're listening, you got to owe us dinner. Okay, you owe us dinner. You you, you offered, yeah. and that's it. And you're and, and you're gonna pay up. We know you will. But don't be shy, Quake. There we yeah, go. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. The invitation hasn't come through, but I'm uh, I'm anxiously awaiting for the. Uh, the Quake Fest. That's what we'll call it uh, when we go out and have some spread with the Quake. Oh, all right, brother. Uh, Dodgers. Let's start with there. Okay, your team. Yeah. I know you've been doing a lot of a lot a lot of stuff with these guys. They are hosting the All Star Game. It's been forty two right. years. Forty two years. And this is what I don't understand. How come? The Dodgers haven't hosted an All Star game in forty two years. Iconic franchise, iconic ballpark. It's the West Coast. We know the weather's always going to be good. Please explain this one to me. Well, it was supposed to be had a couple of years ago, but the COVID thing That's true. knocked it out. So, that, but that, so that went was forty years, years, right? That would have been sure. I, still I, a long time, right? I think they were waiting for a monument, monumental year. So why not wait for the fortieth uh, anniversary of the last uh, whatever? Uh, it should have been before that. I think you know new stadiums have come up, and they've tried to probably uh, get them in the mix and, and give them some pub, but. I'll tell you what, I mean, you can say what you want about the new stadiums, and they are amazing, but there's something about Dodger Stadium still. It is a jewel, and uh, it's it's still a fantastic place. Capacity's great. The fan base is amazing. Uh, and the entertainment in the stadium has improved. Uh, when it moved on from Helen Dell, God bless her. <laughs> right. Uh, but the, uh, the organ player. Improve, improvements the, are there. The fine, right. the fine organ player. Not a lot of people might not be familiar with her, but I mean, that was, that was it. She was the entertainment. Well, 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 well hang on. I'll do it for you. You ready? Hey. This was the, this here. was the height of the entertainment. Hang on. And it went something like this. All right, ready? Go. go. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Done. Dun 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 charge there it is and it was about that exact same pace too that's what's so beautiful about that wait a minute i could have swore i could have swore that she did maybe a rendition of benny and the jets at one point in time during the seventh inning stretch come on steve dun, 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 dun. here we go there it is nah that's too fast that's that that's post helen Chuck, is that how recent is that, or is that an oldie goldie? Thinking that was a a post rendition of uh, of Helen, because uh, that yeah. sounded a little bit too fast, didn't it? It, it sounded like uh, she may have uh, you know loaded up on the coffee right before that, <laughs> because, because she was she was going a little bit too fast. But but TC, we have a thing here where 
uh, I keep getting knocked off on the uh, yes. on the on, on the call, and I'm I'm very assertive, so I call right back. I don't know if uh, somebody's trying to just like tell me something or, or what. No, no, are you sure it's I'm not trying to stay in touch? Are you sure it's not operator error? It's either you or Numchuck. You sure? Uh, it's probably it's probably numb, Chuck. Yeah, I'm, I'm I haven't touched that damn thing. That's a, you're, you're you're gaining you're getting all responsibility, numb, Chuck. Whether you like it or not, there it is. That's right. Uh, all right. That's so, right. You know, I didn't know where, where your hands are going, Steve. I thought you were you were reaching maybe for an organ or something like that, and you accidentally hit the no. button. I didn't know. No, no, no. no I'm good. I'm no. just I'm just. Uh, you know, very deftly holding my phone here, hoping nothing happens. Uh, okay, we're, we're, we'll, we'll be good. Uh, you know, we've had some storms here. We've had we've had three uh, emergency alert system updates during the course of the show. Could be weather related, seriously, because we've we've having some storms wow. here. Yeah, crazy. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, are you guys having a, a what's it called down the desert? Uh, Habub. The, the monsoon. Or Habib or- the, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Habib. Habub. What is they it? They had those in Arizona, and those things were like. Those things were like dangerous. Yeah, yeah, no. It, you know, was that the time when you were still wearing your your Diamondbacks batting helmet when when you'd get that call and then the Habib <laughs> or whatever, and then you'd go down yeah. in your basement? I I, I would, and um, we're lucky that we played in the Dome Stadium. Yeah, so we didn't have to worry about that too much. But uh, you know what? I I, I know that. I've seen those things like from the airport, and you can see them like coming in. Yeah, and like those things will shut down airports, they'll shut down traffic. Those things are, are kind of nasty. Mm-hmm. They come and go pretty quickly, but they're still uh, they can be uh, kind of uh, you know touch and go. Yeah, and absolutely. All right, from the All Star Game, Steve. I don't know if uh, you're, you're planning on attending or not. Uh, well, first of all, are you are you going to be down at Dodger Stadium for that? Oh yeah, I've got several events that I'll be doing uh, down at Dodger Stadium. I've got five different events in, in the days I'm going to be there. I'll be there for five days. Perfect. Um, and uh, Dave Sachs, my brother, and I will be doing a signing in Monterey Park on thir- on Sunday uh, before uh, the draft. My, my brother and I are doing a brothers signing in Monterey Park, ten minutes from uh, downtown, and then I will be announcing the Dodgers' uh, first pick. Um, which will be uh, the 40th pick uh, of the draft. Um, that will be a, a nationally televised event. So uh, got some good things going on down there. That's great, man. All right, uh, we're looking forward to it. Dusty's going to be managing the American League back at Dodger Stadium. I think that is so cool. Uh, there's a lot of uh, you know great you know, aspects, you know, to this with the stadium, with the two teams here. And, you know, every time we get yeah. to an all-star game, you you know, everyone wants to talk about, well, who are the snubs here? Um, anybody that pops in, into your mind that, that should be an all-star that is not going to be participating in this game? You know, I haven't, I haven't uh, really checked it out yet. Uh, don't know, but uh, I'll tell you what, if they snub Paul Goldschmidt, you know that there's something really going on bad. And I don't think they do that. This guy's, this guy's, if I can highlight him, he's just, He's uh, kind of awakened some of the uh, some of the people out there that were you know quick to say, well, this contract that uh, Goldschmidt got was just a little bit too much. Maybe you know uh, it, he's probably on the downside. And, and uh, I was quick to tell people that's not the case with Paul Goldschmidt. He plays first base. It's not a real demanding uh, you know thing as far as tr- the defense goes. And this guy is not even close from being done. And I think I was right about that. This guy yes. is having one crazy good year. And it's not happenstance. This guy's not gonna is not gonna take anything lightly. Even though he got the great contract, you can see what he's doing this year. He's hitting the ball to all fields. He's leading in so many categories, and uh, it, it's well 
it's it's well that it's happening for him because he's a hardworking guy. Yeah, he is, and uh, he will be starting at first base for the National League. Paul Goldschmidt having a great year for the Cardinals. And speaking of first baseman, Steve, you know they have this legends category now, and Albert Pujols is coming to the All Star Game. Uh-huh. What are your thoughts on 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 that? When you know it's going to be a guy's like last year, you're hoping it's going to you know you're thinking it's going to be his last year uh, for the this for Major League Baseball to honor him in in this way. I think it's great to honor Albert Pujols, um, but I, I think we maybe do it separately. You know, um, I think the All Star Game is you know you got to kind of hold things sacred, and that's kind of going by the wayside as we see in the Hall of Fame and uh, those, these type of things. I think uh, one thing that separated baseball is that uh, you know the tradition and, and all that the the, the sacred uh, you know the, the sacred meaning it had about just to be on the team or you know people that are voted to the uh, to the Hall of Fame. I hate to see that diluted out a little bit. I like it to be, you know, what it's supposed to be. Very hard, very uh very much an honor just to get to to either one of those things and and uh let's kind of keep everybody in their lane, you know. I mean, if they want to honor Albert Pujols, there's no bigger fan than Albert than me and I think they should do it because mm-hmm. he, he deserves it, but uh, you know, all-star games are for the best players, and I think that's how what it should go to. You got it. Steve Sachs joins us talking a little all-star game. He'll be part of the festivities there at Dodger Stadium coming up next Tuesday. We look at the first half of the season. Give me your – you talked about uh, Paul Goldschmidt. How about from a team standpoint? Which team has mm-hmm. either surprised you for, uh, the, you know, more than what you expected or has disappointed you uh, more than expected here in the first half? Well, the White Sox have disappointed a little bit. Everybody was picking them to to run away with it in their division, and they're they're about a 500 team right now. I think that on the disappointment side, you might be able to label that one. On the surprising side, I'll pick one for you right now that, that nobody else is even looking at. But how about the Baltimore Orioles? The yeah. Baltimore Orioles right now are two games out of the wild card, <laughs> and you know I, I know we're we're just coming on about the halfway point of the season, but nonetheless, this team has really gotten to be a much better team. We got a nice mix of some veterans and some young guys. Uh, you know, Rutschman's up now as a catcher, and you, you've seen some good things happen. Uh, you know, with this club, they're they're. I like to see this for a team that's been in the cellar for so long to to kind of get back to respectability, and that's that's kind of a nice thing I'd like to see. And of course, the stalwarts this year, the Yankees and Dodgers, wouldn't it be great to see that kind of a World Series, uh, the prototypical dream for all the networks to have L.A. and Los Angeles and kind of renew that type of uh, rivalry that's been around uh, across the leagues. For a long time, 77, 78, 81, the last time these guys kind of matched it up in the World Series, it might be nice to kind of you know relive that again. Right. And you speaking of the, the Yankees, Steve, we've seen um, some bullpen problems and even some starting pitching problems with this team. Now, we know they got the offense, and they're rock solid, you know, pretty much, you know, you know, one through eight, one through nine from the hitting standpoint. But I don't know. I mean, you have Garrett Cole, but, you know, I think we saw Severino leave with an injury last night. Hopefully that's not uh, too serious. But I just have not been overly impressed with their – with their starting pitching or even their bullpen. Now, Clay Holmes is kind of starting to look like the Clay mm-hmm. Holmes from Pittsburgh, you know, and then yeah. you got Peralta, which, you know, you got him coming in there, you know, messing things up at the end here. And King is probably yeah. their best reliever right now, but right. not a lot of people are talking about this, but to see the way they have blown games, especially in the last couple of weeks, yeah. uh, shouldn't we be concerned with the Yankees from a pitching perspective? They're going to do something if they have to by the deadline. There's too much promise with this team, TC. Yep. I think I think they'll definitely do something by the deadline if need be. Yep, I, I got you. All right, brother, enjoy the festivities, man. We'll be looking for you on TV, and uh, enjoy.
Thanks, buddy. I'll see you after the All-Star game. Sounds good. Appreciate it. All right, and hopefully we see him here in Las Vegas with a quake. There we go. We'll have plenty of video for that. All right. Appreciate Steve Sachs for joining us here today. And again, as I said earlier, uh, very rough time, you know, for him. For him to to come on um, the show, and I know he hasn't been doing a, a lot of media. He's been doing his podcast that he dove right back into. Uh, and kudos for him for that and putting out a great product for Sacks in the Morning. So we invite everybody to, to jump on that. But again, um, as we have talked about, you know, going back now three, four weeks where his son was tragically killed uh, in a military ops accident, uh, funerals last week um, back in Sacramento. And um, I told Steve yeah, at that point in time, yeah, well, you know, Take care of everything you got to take care of. You can come join us whenever you're ready. And, you know, today he said, hey, I'm ready. I want to come back on. And so I really appreciate him coming on uh, today. And he has handled that like uh, just a, a a gentleman, a great father, you know, that he is and continues uh, to be. And, uh, you know, sometimes when you go through tragedies like this, and I have talked to several people who have, who have gone through, uh, you know, when you lose a child or whatever, it uh, there's different ways to approach it, and the way Steve has approached it is like you know, I, I I need to get back to doing what I love to do, take my mind off what has transpired here because you're never going to forget it. And he thinks about his son every day, and the funeral and the tribute. Uh, a lot of my close friends and our our mutual friends, Steve and I, were at the funeral. Uh, it was a military funeral. Um, in an airport hangar, and it was it was lovely. It was beautiful, and so that is hard to lose a child, and for him to basically come back and jump back on the horse and and you know do some broadcasting and then do his podcast and then come on today's show with me, I uh, greatly appreciate it because, like I said, I was not going to you know ask him to to do that until he said he was ready and today he was ready. So. I appreciate uh, my good friend Steve Sachs for doing that. And again, always fun having him on the show. All right, uh, baseball. Today, uh, we, the Astros are going to be taking on the Angels again. Last night's game, Shotei Otani was fantastic on the mound. Basically shut the Astros down. Good spot for the Angels last night, as we saw uh, today. Framber Valdez going for the Astros and Reed Detmers. Oh, yeah, remember Reed Detmers, the guy that threw a no-hitter you know, back in April? Then went, got sent down to the minor leagues in June. Uh, Detmers is back, has had one start. It was a pretty decent start for him. But Valdez, very consistent. You know what you're going to get with him. Uh, in in Framber Valdez's 17 starts, he's only had one bad one. And ironically enough, it was one against the Angels, uh, a couple months ago, but you're going to get double digit strikeouts from him. You're going to get, you know, maybe a few walks because at times he has some control issues, but he's got nasty stuff. And the Angels are going to swing and miss. Uh, could be a good day for Valdez and the Astros uh, today. But uh, yeah, with Valdez, you're not going to give up a whole bunch of runs. He's going to give you, you know, give up you know two or less runs just about in every outing. As far as Reed Detmers goes, this guy gives up a hit an inning, not uh, many strikeouts at all. He's very hittable. Astros have beaten the Angels eight of twelve games this season. 
But uh, a good night for the Angels last night. No Mike Trout tonight. No Mike Trout last night. He's been suffering from back spasms. But for those going to the All-Star game or wanting to to watch Mike Trout in the All-Star game, um, he will be playing as long as he doesn't have any flare-ups with the back spasms. So I think that's one of the reasons why they're going to keep him out again uh, today. Will he play before the All-Star game? Probably. I think they want to give him another day or two rest, and then he may uh, play over the weekend uh, before uh, playing the All-Star game. And again, even though it's not in Anaheim, it's right down the road there at Dodger Stadium. So they're in L.A. So, uh, you know, Angel fans, Dodger fans, get a chance to see Mike Trout uh, play. Probably the best pitching matchup tonight. We're going to talk more about these games when Chuck Esposito joins us in uh, Milwaukee and in San Francisco. They're going to go at it uh, tonight with uh, Corbin Burns and um, and Rodon going for the Giants tonight. So we'll dive into to that game and a lot of other games as well, too, as we continue to talk a little Major League Baseball. And again, we get you updated on the British Open and a whole lot more. Chuck Esposito joins us from Red Rock coming up next. What's going on? It's Kelsey Plum, and you're listening to the T.C. Martin Show. Time to go to work. All right. And our next guest, it's time for him to get back to work because he has a little vacation. And yeah, who knows where he went. Did a little hobnobbing, a little sunshine. I bet some good food and, uh, and beverages, though. The one and only Chuck Esposito at Red Rock. Now, that's the introduction, ladies and gentlemen. That's like an introduction for someone making their way down the aisle or, or on a concert stage. That's what I think. What's going on, buddy? It's all good, T. Always, <laughs> always love jumping on with you. Uh, all good stuff, buddy. Good to be back in the saddle and uh, just plugging along. So, Chuck, is it for you? Now, are you going to get like one more little breakaway before the deep breath comes in before football season, or was that it for you? Nope. One, one more. There you one go. more before football season starts, buddy. I know. See, and, and that's the way we roll, right? It, this is our time where – we can get away for a little bit, get a little vacation, kind of recharge the batteries, and then the deep breath comes, and then boom, football season. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> no, football season's so much fun, though. There really isn't any downtime, but right. that's okay. I mean, it's a, it's such a fun time to be kind of part of everything that's going on right now and getting ready for the start of football season. Um, it's uh, it's always a good time. So I'm glad that it kind of bleeds into you know one sport to another. And um, we're not that far away, though. I mean, you're talking about, you know, early August with the first preseason game. The following week, you've got a full slate of preseason with all those numbers on the board already. You know, a lot of movement uh, was going on in football. But uh, for me, it's all good. It's an exciting time. Yeah, no doubt about it. We're all looking forward to it from the contest, just, uh, you know, the games, the cards. I mean, everything here. Uh, it's, It's go time, and we love it. And, Chuck, so with the Raiders now, uh, being here for a couple years, and now with this team, new co- coaching regime, just kind of almost like a facelift with the franchise from the front office to to the coaching and adding a couple new players and especially having star power like Devontae Adams. Are you getting the sense from your side of the counter there, and not just your side of the counter, but just at the properties there, that this is you know really going to be a, an exciting season for the Raiders, and you're seeing more and more people betting on them. You're seeing more and more people wanting to watch the games at your place. Are you getting that sense? There's no question that that's the case, TC. 
Um, you know, they're, they were extremely popular from the time they came into the league, even prior to that, I mean, the time they moved here to Vegas. But, you know, I, I don't think we really understood the impact of even, you know, getting the Knights out here and then the Raiders of, of how much that the, the fans would back them, not only as a fan, but with their pocketbooks as well. And I think when you look at the Raiders this season, um, you know, the Knights not making the postseason. The Raiders did make the, the postseason and were in a very competitive game with the Bengals. Um, you know, they pick up Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams. They're playing in a division now that added Khalil Mack and, and Russell Wilson and arguably is the toughest division in football. And the Raiders play three, all three of their opponents uh, in that division within the first five weeks. So I think very early in the season we're going to get a uh, you know a good indication and and probably find out you know how good they're going to be and and what kind of backing they're going to get. But uh, the early part of the season is going to be really interesting, I think, for the AFC West and especially for for Raider fans. So as far as as season totals and everything goes, Chuck, I mean, are you first of all let's uh, update everyone where that season total season win total is for the Raiders and are you seeing predominantly more over money than than under money on season win totals for them? We we are a little bit for the Raiders, but again, they're in a really, really tough division, buddy. So I think it it's hard to um you know to gauge because you look at what the win totals are. They're projected, you know, based on what their odds are in the division, based on what their odds are yes or no to make the playoffs, and what their win total is, is they are behind the other three teams. Um, the Chiefs, the Chargers, and, and the Broncos. Now, is it going to stun me if that division is completely upside down from where it is right now and the Raiders win the division? No. I think they went out and made two huge acquisitions in the offseason. They have a new coach in Josh McDaniels. Um, that offense now is going to be the best and most dynamic and the best skill position players that Carr's ever had, with Adams taking the top off, and you've got Waller you know, kind of mid-range, and then you've got Renfro underneath, Jacobs out of the backfield, and you gave Crosby a you know, a bookend. So they're going to be really good, too. But you look at the Chargers picking up J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack, helped their defense somewhat. And then the Broncos, you know, we all thought it was going to be Aaron Rodgers, and they made that big splash with Russell Wilson. So they're a team that over the last two or three years had lost more one-score games than any team in the league. They were a quasi kind of, you know, borderline playoff team without Russell Wilson, with literally no quarterback play. And you look at the young wideouts they have, if it's Hamlin, if it's, uh, if it's Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, they got both running backs back, and Williams and, and Melvin Gordon. This is a really, really good division, I think, from top to bottom. You know, it's going to be a shame that maybe one or two of those teams won't make the postseason. But it's kind of hard to say who that's going to be right now. But again, based on odds, the Raiders are the fourth choice as we speak in the AFC West. Chuck, would you make the argument that that could be the most competitive division uh, of all of them? And and again, when you look at Kansas City, everybody thinks that, you know before it was like Kansas City and then maybe everybody else. But I think without Tyreek Hill, I think some people are thinking that Kansas City is not going to be as good as they have been the past couple of years. So I, I think you could actually say that with some conviction that you know what this could be the the most competitive division of all of them. Well, I think it's the toughest division. When you say competitive, uh, you know, on paper, I guess you, you could say that. Well, I mean, I yeah, then look, I'm thinking from one to four. You look at the NFC you know, East, yeah. and I think they'll be really competitive as well. The Chiefs do do lose Hill. There's no question about it. I think the bigger question is, is will Mahomes miss Hill, or will Hill miss Mahomes more? Um, and, and that's going to be an interesting kind of 
question, you know, throughout the course of the season. The Chiefs did go out and they signed, you know, Valdez Scantling, who, you know, has the second fastest 40 time in the league only to Hill. They also added Juju Smith-Schuster. They added Sky Moore in the draft. Uh, they signed Ronald Jones via free agency. So they didn't just sit on their hands. I know that Hill is dynamic. He's one of the top, you know, two or three wide receivers in all of football. But they've added some bigger type receivers in in um, in, in MVS and in Juju Smith-Schuster. So it adds kind of a different dynamic uh, to Patrick Mahomes. And we know they have Kelsey still. Um, and it's a really good division. I mean, it's, I guess, competitiveness or best division in football right now, that's the case. Uh, I think I would have said last year going into football, I thought it was the um, uh, the NFC West. Uh, this year, I think it's the AFC West. Right, could be. And it'll be really interesting to see what San Francisco does, speaking of the NFC West, uh, the quarterback position as well, too. Are they just going to hand the, the car keys over to Trey Lance, or, or what are we going to see here? Because uh, technically, Jimmy Garoppolo is still in the roster, right? I don't think he will be when the season starts. I think it's just a matter of getting that contract off the books. I think when you draft a quarterback in the in the top three and you trade it up to that spot to get to get Trey Lance. Now, I mean, think about Trey Lance. He didn't play a lot his last year collegiately um, because of COVID. He didn't play a lot uh, last year. I mean, in a few games and the the, the the small sample size we had, uh, you know, showed some some glimmer uh, of what he could be, but also had some struggles. But I think, you know, that offense, it doesn't matter who the running back is. You've got, you know, Debo. You've got Ayuk. You've got George Kittle. You still got a lot of skilled position players there as well. Um, but, yeah, that's a major question mark at quarterback there. I think, you know, you, you look now in, in that division, which had, what had Russell Wilson and Jimmy Garoppolo in it, um, now you're, you're looking at quarterbacks of, you know, potentially uh, Geno Smith and Trey Lance starting. It, it's not that same quarterback, you know, driven division that it was last year. Not that these guys can't have success, and, and especially in Trey Lance's case, lead that team to the postseason, but it's, it's just a little bit different than when it was last year when you had Russell Wilson and Jimmy Garoppolo starting. Chuck, I don't know how this is showing up in the sports book as far as you know totals and, and uh, win totals and, and more importantly, Super Bowl odds if it's changed, but when you look at the Green Bay Packers, it just seems like people are kind of quiet on them right now because they lost Devontae Adams, but you still got Aaron Rodgers there. And like you said, Scanling's gone as well, too, and he was kind of an unsung guy with Green Bay. Hey, he's one of, one of Rodgers' favorite receivers. But it just seems like there could be some value, especially considering uh, the division that the Packers play in, that they could still be a live threat you know, to go to the Super Bowl here. And I'm going to point this out, too, that – and I know that people will say, well, wait a minute here. Devontae Adams is gone with the Packers. The Packers played nine games without Devontae Adams, and they were 9-0 and without Devontae Adams over the past couple seasons. So just throwing that out there, I thought that was an interesting stat. That, And we've seen Green Bay kind of just reload, you know, with with street free agents and other people like that. He, they're going to miss him. There's no question about it. And we're looking forward to seeing him play here with the Raiders. But – is that translating to um, to the sportsbook side there, where the Packers, you know, might be kind of a, a, a live choice here for a Super Bowl? Well, it, it's hard to say. Cause I, I mean, to use the word "live choice," they're still one of the favorites to to win the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I, I think you have Aaron Rodgers on that team. They were so close 
the last couple of years. You do draft uh, Watson. Uh, you, you add Sammy Watkins. You still have Randall Cobb. You have Alan Lazard. So you've got a lot of the guys that were familiar to, to Aaron Rodgers. However, he has never been one to really trust the young wide receiver. Um, and I think they were, of course, a much more balanced team when you had Devontae Adams there. Now, we know they can run with Dylan and Jones. Um, but, but I think the Vikings have actually closed the gap a little bit. Um, I, I understand what you're saying as far as a, a live or value pick, but I'm going to go so far as to say that I think it's the, uh, the Minnesota Vikings who are the live or value pick okay. in the NFC North. And it wouldn't surprise me if they actually won the division and the Packers are battling for a wild-card spot. So where, where are the Packers now? Are they what the, a fourth or a fifth choice? Are they that high as far as winning the Super Bowl? I mean, any, anytime you have a guy – uh, you know, sitting there like uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you know they're going to be at the top. I mean, I think the only teams above them are the Bills, the Rams, and the Bucks. Um, but but I, I think, again, if you're looking for value in that division, to me, it's the Vikings who are, you know, way more down in the middle of the pack um, just because of the fact that, you know, they have a new uh, O'Connell there, they have a new coach there who's more pass-friendly. I think it's going to be a more balanced attack in Minnesota. Love their wideouts, you know, that uh, they've got them. And if it's Thielen, if it's Jefferson, if it's the emergence of Osborne or Smith at tight end, Cook out of the backfield. I think, you know, Cousins could have one of the best years he's had. Uh, he, he's definitely got the team around him and an offense that wants to open it up somewhat. So, again, Packers are the, you know, the fourth overall choice on our big board as far as futures go. But I'm going to say the value is with Minnesota, not Green Bay in the NFC North. All right. We've got a coaching change there in Minnesota, too, right? We do. Yeah. Yep. Yep. From the, yeah, Kevin O'Connell from the Rams. Yep. All right. So, and then there's your team, Chuck, of course. Now, I don't know <laughs> if we need to have a moment of silence for the Bears right now or what, but you did, uh, you, did make, you did make a signing. You got Nikhil Harry co- coming over from the Patriots. I don't know how you feel about that. It wasn't actually a signing. It was a trade. Trade, that's uh, right. You're right. They traded a seventh right. round pick in 2024. Right. Right. You know, I mean, he's only 24. Um, he, he had a, a decent rookie year. He actually grades out, I believe, as the second best blocking wide receiver the last two years in all of football. Uh, you know, that's not really, I, I guess, a stat that you want a wide receiver who's dynamic and can, can stretch the field. Um, he's getting a fresh start here. There is no question that their wide receiver room is a little weak, and they're looking for a lot of these young kids. If it's, if it's Pringle or Equinemius St. Brown, um, you know, uh, uh, Jones, who they drafted, the emergence of Mooney, to kind of take that next step, Cole Komet at tight end. So I think he's going to be given a shot. There's no guarantee he's on the roster opening day, but I think taking a flyer on a kid that's 24 that put up some big numbers his last two years at ASU mm-hmm. and, you know, could be somebody that maybe has an opportunity to flourish um, you know, in the Bears system, I think it's, 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 a, it's a chance you had to take right now um, just to see what you could possibly get out of this kid. Right. Chuck Esposito joins us over at Red Rock Station Casinos. Chuck, uh, talk a little baseball here, and we're still seeing $3 favorites uh, with the Yankees and even the Dodgers, but the Yankees haven't been cashing those tickets uh, they didn't cash the last two days, uh, the last two games against Boston over the weekend, and then the Reds come in there, and I know that had to make you guys uh, real happy. And then the Yankees don't cover the run line yesterday, and uh, we know that a lot of people, when they see three dollar favorites, they'll say, "Okay, we'll lay a buck fifty or a buck sixty, you know, on the run line." So you're actually seeing some dogs cash, aren't you? 
We are. I mean, you look at the streaks that, you know, Baltimore and um, and Seattle are on, too, which has been helpful. Um, on the flip side, you know, the, the Cubs can't get out of their own way, another one of my teams. Yeah. But, you know, and you're right about the run line last night, but here you've got the, the Reds ahead 4 nothing. I know they came back from four runs down the night before. You've got the Dodgers that were down, I think, 5 nothing yesterday. And in both cases, teams are able to come back and, and win the game. So, uh, it's you know, they are on every parlay. Uh, the betters continue to back them on a nightly basis, regardless of what the price is. But if they, can, if they don't cover the run line, it, it is much more beneficial for our side um, if, if they just win and not cover the run line than if they win and cover the run line. Right. So when you're looking at today's betting board, do not be confused. If you're looking at the Toronto Blue Jays-Kansas City Royals game, you're not looking at a at a boxing match uh, line or a UFC line. It is, and I don't know what it is at your place, Chuck, but I think it's what, or a four fifty or so, the Blue Jays are favored. That's right, a $4.50 favorite, and that is because the Royals have, I believe, 10 players that could ten not. 10 guys. 10 yeah. guys, and actually they're, uh, I think, I mean, four five starters at the heart of their order that are that are not uh make the trip uh, because they're not vaccinated and i don't know how tough this was for you to put a lineup i don't know if you went a good period of the morning where you didn't have a lineup but talk a little bit about making that line yeah i mean it's difficult of course i mean i i think the the easiest part about it though was the fact that we knew these guys were out and we've had these conversations that in any sport um, it's much more difficult if you don't know. And that becomes kind of what happens in the NBA sometimes, which is a little bit problematic, is that we don't know. It, you know, is it a maintenance day? They're in, they're out, they're in, they're out. In this particular case, we knew well in advance that these 10 players weren't going to travel, that they weren't going to be able to, to play. So, um, you know, we, we, we put it up and uh, let, let the betters, uh, you know, have some fun with it. And uh, they've done that. But the price has actually gone up. From where we opened it, if that kind of tells you anything, buddy. Wow. Let's see. Two catchers, Melinda's and Gallagher, uh, Hunter Dozier, their everyday first baseman, Whit Merrifield, of course, uh, Michael Taylor, Andrew Benintendi, uh, Kyle Isbell, and then you have two starting pitchers. That really, well, that may affect the series there. And then Dylan Coleman, who's a relief pitcher. Yeah. Ten players and pretty significant guys as well, too. And uh, and again, you got like what four everyday players that uh, are not there, hence the line. So it's safe to say that uh, you're going to be Royals fans tonight, uh, huh, Chuck? Or, do pe- <laughs> or are people actually playing it, this it game? It is safe to say that, buddy. It is safe to but say But really, that. I mean, are people really playing the Blue Jays? I mean, the Blue Jays just fired Charlie Montoya because they've been struggling. And I know they've, they've won a couple of rows. Seems like every team that fires their manager has gone on win streaks, like the Phillies and the Angels for a little bit, you know, a- after they get rid of their guy. But are people playing the Blue Jays today? Hey, I told you the price went up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You did. Kevin Gosman's yeah. going. That's why too. So that 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 you know that's not good, I guess. If you're you're banking the Royals, so you're right. There you go. Unbelievable. But Baseball. We man. shall see. We but, shall see. All right. Hey, one of the games that I'm really interested in tonight too, Chuck, is I think that you're going to have a great pitching matchup with Corbin Burns and Rodon as the Brewers and uh, San Francisco are going at it. Battle of the team's top two pitchers. Uh, last four games, Rodon has 33 strikeouts. Burns has 34. Rodon was just masterful in the game against uh, San Diego over the weekend. Complete game against the Padres. And, you know, with, with Burns, I mean, this guy has like 10 strikeouts just about every game. Uh, I know it's a low total. It's six. It still screams under here. But uh, 
a lot of people love offense, but I'm a guy that I don't mind a pitcher's duel, and I don't mind a low-scoring game, but especially when you got two guys that can really, you know, showcase their craft, and that's what you got with these two guys tonight. You do. I mean, Ron Dunn's been great. I mean, it is just unbelievable, his kind of resurgence this year and, and the way he's kind of solidified his spot in that San Francisco rotation. Um, the Brewers are awfully good, buddy. I mean, it's just, you know, they're, they're a good road team, too. I think they're 28-21 and 21 on the road. Um, they, they, they're two games ahead right now of the Cardinals. Giants have slipped down to third, but they're still above 500, only playing, you know, kind of 500 ball, too, in their last 10 games. But uh, these two guys are, are two of the best in the National League right now. And, you know, we've seen this a couple of times this year where you've got totals right around six and a half. So I know we've talked about, you know, some of the big numbers. And in hockey, you saw some big totals this year and, and big favorites as well. But uh, you've definitely seen some lower totals with some of these pitching matchups in baseball this year, too. Yeah, no question. Uh, Astros and the Angels. Otani was uh, fantastic uh, last night. Uh, no trout last night. Probably no trout again tonight. Valdez and Detmers going. And, and you know, Reed Detmers is kind of a, a funny story. Where we remember him with the no-hitter. Where I think he, what, he had two strikeouts in that game. Then he ends up going right. down to the minors. And he comes back out and, and had a, a decent start, you know, his first game back. But now he's going against the Astros bats here uh, tonight. But I w- I'd still imagine you're seeing plenty of Houston Astros money, right? Oh, yeah, we are. No no question. I mean, we, we did need the Astros last night. Uh, but tonight's a different story against Devers. Yep, no doubt about it. And then uh, the Dodgers. We mentioned the Dodgers, kind of like the Yankees. I don't know how much you can really, you know, trust their their pitching staff, especially you know their relievers. But uh, again, the Dodgers fell behind six uh, nothing last night. They came rallying back, and we know the Cardinals. They've been having problems scoring. Dakota Hudson on the mound tonight for St. Louis, and and he's been a bit of a mess. I mean, this guy has been crazy, Chuck. His last five outings, this guy has given up twenty two runs, thirty five hits. Uh, his strikeout to walk ratio not a good one at all. Fifty strikeouts and forty-one walks. But uh, you know, Tyler Anderson's a Vegas kid. Started off really, really strong. Uh, he's nine and one now. But if you look at his last few outings, he's come kind of come back to the pack a little bit. But I still can imagine. Again, the Dodgers are playing. They're on the road. People are going to see some value there and bet the Dodgers tonight. They absolutely are, because you're looking at a price that's so much lower than when they're at home. Now, I mean, they've got the second-best record in baseball. They're tied with the Astros for the second-best record in baseball. They are playing a good Cardinal team, though, and they're 27-19 and at home. They let one get away yesterday. Wainwright really struggled for, for the five-plus innings that he was in, but uh, their bullpen really let him down last night. But uh, you're absolutely right. Anytime you can get the Dodgers you know, below $1.60, um, you're getting a good price on the Mets tonight as well. Um, you know, they're, they're below a dollar thirty-five. just playing against the Cubs, who, you know, really can't get out of their own way right now. I mean, just looking at that game, you, you think a four-game series here, the Mets could have their way with the Cubs as well. Um, but I think both these cases are on the road. But uh, pretty good prices on both the Dodgers and Mets if you're looking for, you know, some value there just based on what they've been, especially when they're at home. Chuck, you mentioned the Orioles winning 10 in a row. Uh, and how about the Mariners? I mean, both of these guys, Baltimore and and, and Seattle, have, have both been on these uh, great winning streaks here, and both are in the playoff hunt. I love it. I mean, Baltimore now is, you know, being a game above 500, winning 10 straight games, T, they actually have put the entire American League East over 500. Yep. Um, think about that. And they're really, they're only two games back 
um, you know, of, of I think uh, the Blue Jays and Red Sox, and and really they're only I think three games back of the Rays, three and a half games back of the Rays. So really impressed. Same thing with Seattle. I mean, the way they're playing right now. I mean, they're still a, a lot of games back of the Astros. But uh, but that ten game winning streak impressive for both those two teams and I know we've talked about it but baseball I think more than anything else uh, betters will really ride kind of the streaky win teams yep. and against the streaky loss teams where you're betting the good teams laying the run line and really uh, you know it's compounded when you're fading the bad teams as well and in many cases this is what happens but those these two teams that weren't really good are now getting a lot of play on a nightly basis. Yeah, and that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, if they win two or three in a row, you're not even thinking about it because of the Orioles and the Mariners. But then when their win streak starts going to five and six, I would imagine that's when people would say, okay, I'm, I'm going to jump on this streak. Yeah, the Orioles were fortunate. They were they were dogs to the Cubs for the last few nights and right. were able to uh, win those games. It was kind of a head-scratcher. The Cubs were the favorite yeah. um, in those games. But, uh yeah, anytime, again, a team starts playing well and gets a little bit streaky, uh, you definitely see some backing on those teams. All right, get yourself the STN mobile app. So easy to use, so friendly, uh, great stuff there. Uh, so get involved with all sports so you can bet in the comfort of your own home or wherever you're at. Uh, crunch time, game time, hey, use the mobile app. Go deposit there, and I'm sure, Chuck, you guys are getting ready for football and a lot of great promos going, too. Yep, we're, we're excited about it. Uh, last man standing will be a starting application soon, um, probably by the end of the month. Uh, excited again. It looks like 150000 in the in the pros, 100000 guaranteed uh, in college, uh, a few other STN things we have going on. But really love the uh, last man standing format. It's our signature contest. Same type format. You, you sign up for four at 25 a pop, 100 You get the fifth entry free. Um, so we're looking forward to that as well. Uh, and there's a lot of football props and things on the board. We put up a Baker Mayfield prop week one against the Cleveland Browns, who will have more yards passing. Right. Baker Mayfield versus any Browns quarterback. So look for more and more football props in the coming days as well um, to hit the board and STN Sports. Do I see on the board there, Chuck, uh, will Rob Gronkowski uh, uh, be playing come October, because he said he <laughs> if doesn't. I could put it up, I would. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like Gronk <laughs> yep. says, "Yeah, forget all this training camp stuff." But he goes, "I do like the games." Wait a minute now. <laughs> oh, yep. that's crazy. All right, my friend. Uh, great stuff. Um, definitely, we'll uh, be coming by to see you over the weekend. Hang out, watch some games. Great atmosphere over there at Red Rock and all these station casino properties. So uh, enjoy and, and welcome back, my friend. All right. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. And uh, look forward to jumping out with you again next week. You got it. There he is, Chuck Esposito. Always great having him on. I want to thank Steve Sachs for joining us, talk a little Major League Baseball today. Then we had a surprise guest, Paul Buckpower Stewart, joined us from England, TJ Rees uh, from Florida. There you go. Tomorrow we're back out of the Summer League. Looking forward to that. It'll be a lot of fun as we're out there. Uh, Olden Paul is going to join me. Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review Journal talking a lot of hoop. We're talking some baseball and some other things as well, too. All right, for Numbchuck, T.C. Martin saying so long. Have yourself a good one. If you missed any part of the show, go to the website. Check it all out at tcmartinshow.com. Have a good one. Happy Thursday night. We'll see you tomorrow at 2.